Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Do you feel blame? Classic rock! But yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I agree that that, once it's digital, listening to a CD is just fucking like, that's some real hipster weird shit. When you're walking around with the fucking disc with man, a disc it's man. like, oh, fuck you. In public view, yeah. that's like, that's I'm posing. listening to a compact disc. Yeah. Well, I'm listening to my phone. Well, the compact disc rearranges the numbers in a different... Yeah, does exactly. It? No, it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same. I guess it's I even can worse. still see the tangible thing of, like, collecting CDs, because it's like, because you like a thing that's, oh, it's a bookcase, and I can take a visual inventory of yeah. it and I can pull things out and read it so that's yeah. cool but like any CDs I had which now I got rid of them all but I would just like down, you know like oh let me just download them all to iTunes yeah exactly and then I would just sell them Yeah, I kind of like mm, I don't have the room to have a big thing I just got rid of my albums oh no shit I finally went to the point because I had a bunch of them I just sold them because I was like oh I like them they're there I'll have them forever I don't know maybe someone will enjoy them they're coming back a little like yeah, I, the sp- I wanted the space. I just was like, I never really had records. I had a few. I was collecting, and even that was collecting them not to even play. Yeah. So, I had some tapes, yeah, like CDs, picture discs, and shit. But oh yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, dude. Anytime I think about like CDs and shit, I'm always reminded of uh, in college. I had this editing professor who had a party at his house, and he invited all of us that were in his class to it. We went to it, and one room of his house. He was a big audiophile. One room of his house was um, like he had had these special shelves laid into the walls so that he could store all of his CDs. And it yeah. was just like, it was, you know, a giant fucking room, every wall covered in fucking CDs. Uh, and I always think like, I wonder what he did with that room. Well, I feel bad. Like, are there still fucking CDs in there? Or does he yeah. just have these weird shelves with knickknacks on them now? Because they were exactly made to fit like the size of a CD. I feel bad in, for know. those guys in the VHS. The album guys, at least, can like, oh, those are yeah. They increase in values. I'm like, I've got old jazz seventy. Oh, that's amazing. But like CDs are like, hey, look, I got all this on this thumb drive. Yeah, well, exactly. I can, yeah, I know, not really. They fall apart. They're yeah. shitty. All of that. What are you gonna fucking play them in? Even at this point, you also like if you have CDs, you have to have a fucking CD player. Who even has that anymore? I saw this thing. It's so ridiculous because they're in cars, kind of like, well. I don't know, they still churn them out. So, I guess cars are at that point where, like, yeah, CD player. Uh, I don't know. The, yeah, the might as well. It's like an extra 10 set. cents to put in the yeah, car. It's kind of harder to stop putting them in. Yeah, they, exactly. But there's this, <laughs> this thing that's like a phone holder that just, like, uses your CD. Uh-huh. If you want to hold, like, your uh, your iPhone. Yeah. kind of like, oh, and that's what it's used for. Oh, it's a, it's a drink holder. That your is fucking CD crazy, dude. an extra dude. drink holder. God, I remember, it's so fast, remember, I've got a fucking 16 CD thing in the trunk, like, you can, I like, had that, you know, you like, you know, you open your trunk and you put in 16 CDs in the, whoa, you're fucking I had an amazing. eight disc changer <laughs> no, yeah, in the yeah. back of my fucking Honda Accord when I was in college, and you had, had like, a magazine that you would have to pull out, yeah. load it yeah, with I eight remember. CDs, and then put that fucking yeah, record Yeah, little, like, slot, like, yeah, yeah. Well, let me see what I'm gonna do. Yeah, what am I gonna be in the mood for? Oh, oh man, shit. it's just pure whatever. Yeah, I remember at one point it was just, like, all Jerky Boys and Alice in Chains. <laughs> all eight CDs were that. <laughs> now you're just an idiot. Dude, that was like my sophomore year in college. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the sad stuff that like you know some stuff you go past it like even now like an eight track how stupid and yeah but there's there's like a charm but oh look at it and it's mm-hmm. but I don't that I don't think that 
Oh, look at the aesthetic of that weird box that you kept in the trunk that you loaded. No, I know. It was always kind of clunky and shitty. I did. Some CDs were cool, though. Had, like, cool art on them, or the little booklets would fold out. Or I remember there yeah. was a Radiohead one that had, like, a secret thing. If you popped open the back of the CD, right. there was, like, a secret little uh, booklet or something in there. But even they just paled in comparison to albums. Oh, of course. You know, it was never as good as that, I feel like. Yeah, and they always tried. You know, there's always, like, oh, it's in a different kind of package. Or, here, let's make it a bigger yeah. package just so it's something more to... Yeah. yeah, we got to that point where, like, oh, things are so small. Like, oh, but should they be bigger? And now they don't even exist. They're yeah. just fucking data. It's just numbers floating through the fucking air. Trailers. Yeah, maybe they'll, maybe they'll be... Bamper, quank, quank, quank. Hey, yo. Uh, <laughs> I was big Kevin R backstage. Oh, shit. Listen, to you guys talk about how things are different. And how, how you used to have albums. And a track, and how how your dad keeps stuff, and now it's not there because it's just digital, and you're driving around with all your Beastie Boys and junk Jerky Boys in the trunk, and we just want to let you know we don't care. I care though. Yeah, I'm interested in progression of technology, especially where media is concerned. I do like. I do understand uh, the value of that NWO interruption. It just always keeps you honest, no matter what. It really does. You it really does. Go too you, yeah, far. you can't <laughs> fucking pontificate about some dumb shit for too yeah. much. Well, this is what I think about. <laughs> <laughs> Life should have that. They're fucking from politics to everyone's fucking personal things or whatever. Goddamn, for it real. It should just be interrupted by Hey, yo. Have a TV show. You all having an argument about how you don't have sex anymore and your dog is out of control. <laughs> and, uh. Just, <laughs> it should be. Oh. That's what we should do. We should get Scott Hall and just cut that into literally everything. Mm-hmm. Bad episode of a TV show. Everything. Anyone who's just bitching too much about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. TV shows. Yeah, just hey, right now. This scene's going on. Yeah. Talking about how you know. maybe you want to buy a house. Or you <laughs> don't know if your kid's going to go to the right school. And, and everyone see. realizes that it isn't good as season one yeah and then but it just keeps going on because it's now it's netflix and nothing ends anymore i heard they're gonna make a season three of true detective looking very forward to that well i i'm always a fan of anthology things even if they have you seen that duplass brothers show yet room 104 no i think it's called room 104 it's an anthology about a hotel room and like every week is a different story of something that happened in that hotel room sounds intriguing but yeah I don't know. But I do like and the, the idea, you know, just from uh, Twilight Zone or anything that's like... Absolutely. Because even True Detective was like, I really liked the first year. And the second year I thought was just like abysmal, but so kind of shitty at points where it was, it was intriguing. It was like, like The Room. It was it unbelievable. Was, it was like, they're having another discussion in that weird bar. Unbelievable. About nothing. The dialogue was fucking insane. The final scene of that... Uh, show which was Vince. Uh, oh yeah, not that, McMahon. What's that guy's name? Vince, Vince Vaughn. No, it was Vince McMahon. <laughs> Vince, McMahon. <laughs> Vince Vaughn dying, walking through the desert, and seeing the ghosts of all the people yeah. he'd wronged come up to him. That was like some film school shit, man. It was, it was terrible. What was funny about it is that it was so relentless. I started yeah. to super enjoy it because you were me like, too. Oh my god, not another one out in there. <laughs> me like, too. Is he gonna walk? It was kind of. I think I, I can't remember. But I think I made a joke. He's like, oh shit, is he gonna walk past his dad in a recline or something? And I think it happened. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh 
And then there's his mom with a crib or whatever. It's just oh. like, and he's walking. Yeah, that was some. Unfortunately, duty. I don't think Nick Pizzolatto is going to write season three. I think he's just going to be on it as like a supervising executive producer or whatever. Oh, who's that? That's the guy who he wrote season one and two, but season one was largely in quotes borrowed from some other source materials and I think that's why it was like pretty good well and also wasn't it uh, didn't Matthew McConaughey have a lot to do with uh, I guess this is how I want this character I like this oh movie. I don't know anything about that I think so I don't know okay, but now, now looking forward to it now doing, yeah I, I love anything that's like there used to be this stupid oh man I was a little kid and it was probably just shitty but it was uh, I think it was called it was called Police Story. Hmm. And it was in the 70s. But just the idea of, like, you know, like, Night Gallery, anything like that. Like, oh, it's a show, but it's, like, yeah. oh, it's, it's something different. And then, and also because you could, like, oh, that guy might die. Dude, there were a bunch of anthology shows that I watched when I was a kid. That There was, like, a Freddy's Nightmares anthology yeah. series that was kind of the yeah. origin story of Freddy yeah, Krueger. Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, yeah, brother, even wrestling's like an anthology story, yeah. dude. Well, not really, brother. There was a cool one, Friday the 13th, that was not about Jason, but it was about this, it was a group of people who were hunting down these, like, possessed objects all over the world, and each episode was about them going to get one of these new objects. Well, they just called it Friday the 13th. Just called Friday the 13th. <laughs> there was like one that. called Monsters. There's one called Wide World Sports, it's about monsters. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called Monday Night Football, it's about uh, these people who are... Uh, Satanists and well, what, was Friday the Thirteenth? Did it carry the connotation of evil and well, Friday, foreboding it's, it's, doom before the movie series, or no? Well, no, it's Jason, right? That's the movie series, but yeah. did that date mean something before they made the movie? Oh yeah, yeah, it was always a. Uh... So I think they were just using that. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> fuck, yeah, it is a well, well honored, time honored phrase. Friday the Thirteenth. There was one called Monsters. Yeah, I remember that. That it one was kind of cool. goofy. It was, it was a little comedic. goofy. Tales from the Dark Side, obviously. Tales from the Crypt, obviously. But Monsters was great because I liked that one just because, oh, God, I remember in the in the 90s, just get high and just like, and sometimes it was just like, okay, uh, just like the loosest storyline, like, here's my husband, we're married, and then, uh, okay. Turns out he's, he's a gargoyle or whatever. Yeah. monster. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's it. And then like, oh, Dude, no. that for me, I was like. I think one of, I'm sorry, but I think one of them was like, oh, he's a monster. And then like at the end, I was like, I'm a monster too. Yeah, I remember yeah, that like, one. Yeah, yeah. Just like. Um, <laughs> I totally remember that one. Fuck. Yeah, I missed that stuff. Me too. I was a kid when that shit was on TV. Like, you know, third to sixth grade maybe. Formative. I used to fucking just devour all those anthology yeah. shows. Even I the Spielberg a, one. Well, I had Amazing a, um, Stories. That was a network one. Do you remember yeah, that shit? Well, yeah, it was huge, big budget. Kind of like lame. I was older than you. My 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 formative shit was like Night Gallery mm. and Outer Limits of reruns. Sure. Outer Limits was like that fucking beginning was like so. Even though I, I was not that old, it was in reruns. I still hit me like that. Like <laughs> that beginning. We can do not adjust your TV. Yeah, I remember. We seeing control Outer the vertical. People don't even know what they... We control the horizontal hold. Horizontal hold? Yeah. Because <laughs> TVs used to like go like... Absolutely. On that shit. We will give you back control of your TV after these commercial messages. <laughs> Have you ever read about The Outer Limits? Uh-uh. Fucking love it. There's a documentary about it. It's so interesting because it basically was like a rip-off of Twilight Zone mm-hmm. with just no money. But also, as Twilight Zone, like, you know, it was like... The thing was great about Twilight Zone. He had Rod Serling, but just all these great actors. It was kind of like, yeah, yeah. I've had it. 
twi- Outer Limits was like all this weird inventive waves because they just let people cut loose like well we're going to do this monster thing or whatever with but here's the do what you want everything's great full freedom there's no money so they had to be inventive which is like that power of the low budget and it was like so many weird great things they did you know and uh how they just pulled stuff off because it was like a you know like a rare thing in TV like yeah. everyone's like there's a lot of camaraderie and make this weird show and mm-hmm. and I thought it was like and it was just like a little weirder I love that stuff that's like we want to have a big budget so let's just be really weird I agree dude that's always the best can you imagine shit. writing movies in the 70s where the studio influence was like this okay we like the script but okay maybe we have a scene where just everyone freaks out on yeah. drugs and you know people get nude and then maybe everyone can just die at the end Sure, fuck it. All right. There, there's a... Instead of, it has to be likable. What's the drive and this obtuse sort of... Mm-hmm. What? There's a semi-famous quote by Frank Zappa where he's talking about the difference in the record industry from when he was coming up... Cigar-chomping old guys. Yeah, the cigar-chomping old guys. And the same holds true for movies, I think. Yeah. Is that, like, in that era, really before the blockbuster, I think, before Star Wars or Jaws, arguably one of those was yeah, the, yeah. the movie that kind of changed what the industry became... But prior to that, it was like all studios were run by these cigar chomping old guys. They were like, they didn't give a fuck when a movie worked and made them a little bit of money. They didn't maybe know why it was happening, just like Frank Zappa was saying about records. But they were like, yeah, fuck it. Just let these artists do their thing. And if that his, one makes us money, it's great. Yeah, his quote was even more damning because I just watched it recently where he said, uh, used to be cigar chomping old guys would be like, I don't know what this is. Put it out there, see if they buy it. Yeah. Then the hip long hairs came in and worked with the artists and convoluted stuff and thought this and we were better off with the cigar chomping old man and also because they think they knew that his, yeah. his the real point of it was that like the young kid who comes in as the assistant to the cigar chomping old guy thinks because he's young he knows the fucking media yeah. and then ultimately he becomes the head of the studio and it's like you never fucking knew it dude you yeah. never knew it well and also like anyone <clears throat> will tell you, no one knows absolutely and a, does. The, a great quote i heard too like is Studio heads used to have relationships with directors and mm-hmm. actors, and now studio heads have relationships with lawyers and mergers and acquisitions. And you've Absolutely. seen it from like huge promo departments, the budgets, the way they go. I know it's like marketing. But and you go to Comic Con and like this is just a shit show of, you know, you can like have a show like oh we got no money for this, but uh, can I have seven hundred grand for a, uh, uh, you know, a uh, miniature golf. Neon, of course, and the marketing <laughs> departments and shit have like power. I, yeah. I, I did a fucking network Cast TV show. And, yeah. uh, I might have told you this story. I might have even said it on this podcast, but I don't think so. But uh, we were about to have this show on a fucking half hour on NBC, and um, the marketing department came to us with these promos they had written okay. that they were like, "We're going to air these in the weeks leading up to the fucking thing, and they're going to be independent of like just cutting." things out of the show to put into trailers we're going to actually shoot these little 30 second promos for it put them on the air here's our scripts that we've written what do you guys think and they gave the scripts to the writers room myself included to like give them notes or whatever they were of course abysmal uh having nothing to do with the show the jokes were all bad etc etc so in like 30 minutes the writers room came up with about a dozen other ideas that were at least germane to the show if not like outright funny and kind of weird creative marketing ideas and we even wrote some of them. We sent them all back to the marketing department and heard nothing from them. And then two weeks later, their shit they sent us aired 
word for word as they had written it. They took none of our notes and fucking did nothing. They just did exactly what they wanted. And it was like, oh, so the people making the show have literally no say in how it's first delivered to a potential audience. Yeah. That's insane. It's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. And then they wonder, like, well, why is the audience dwindling? Why aren't we having hit shows? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's because you don't know what the fucking show is. Well, unfortunately, those promo departments get to be this. Oh, the show's hit. Yep, we did it. Oh, Absolutely. The show stinks. Yep, even we couldn't save it. Absolutely. They, they get to have zero accountability. Yes. They get credit for all success and no fucking blame for any failure, just like yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least God has, like, at least people have to say, well, he has wrath and he works in mysterious ways. Yeah, he <laughs> works in mysterious ways. Even well, we work in mysterious ways. <laughs> Sorry we fucked your show up. Yeah. God damn. No, they don't even do that. No, of course. There's never any fucking, like, apology or admittance for any failure on anyone's part. We should get a good picture of Curtis, like, laying here bored for a ten-minute podcast. logo. He's taking a picture of Curtis sleeping. Curtis. Well, this is a TMP Plus for sure. 17 minutes. Alright. And that's the end of that one. So shine. Hard rock! Classic rock! Hard rock! Classic rock! Hard rock! Classic rock! Are you mad? said it better no god government money time science art or love i don't know about that brother you know stone cold they say that since the diamonding you've changed and maybe you have they say that since the diamonding you become more selfish than ever before you become uncaring matter of fact many individuals feel as though you've changed so much since wrestlemania Quite frankly, you've become a very proficient brown noser. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's what some people say, they say you've changed, and I think you have changed. As far as the WWF champion is concerned, I think you've changed for the better. But quite frankly, when we approach the diamonding, I'm not so sure that, that we don't need Another change, Stone Cold. I mean, quite frankly, the man that I need to lead... 10-minute podcast. Even though I appreciate it, is not a Stone Cold Steve Austin who gives me hugs. Steve, I don't need the kind of Stone Cold Steve Austin that strums a guitar and sings to me to lead me and lead... 10-minute podcast. Into the Diamonding. That's not what I need, Steve! Damn it! You know what I need? You know who I need? I need the old stone call!
Podcast into the diamonding. I need the old stone cold. Are you listening to me, damn it? Huh? Do you want to knock me on my now? Huh? Come on. I can feel it. I know I can feel it. I can feel it in my gut. Come on. Come on. Nail me. Come on. Knock me down. Knock me down. If you want stone cold, Steve Austin. To beat the living hell out of Vince McMahon? Give me a hell yeah! What? What do you mean, no? Steve, don't leave this ring. Steve, Stone Cold. Stone Cold, I need you. I need you, Austin, to lead. Ten-minute podcast. Damn it, Stone Cold, turn around. Come back. Give me a stutter, damn it. <laughs> 